Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Lisa. I am so sorry. I'm late today. I apologize about that. How are you? Oh, no problem. I'm great. I was actually sitting outside with my daughter-in-law and my grandson, and we were just chit-chatting, and I was like, all right, I'm so sorry to say goodbye, but i got to get on my show. <laughs> got to go run, 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 run. Yeah, there you go. So I'm glad you're here. This was your idea, uh, and I'm so glad you did it. I, I'm reading the book and, and enjoying it, and it's making me think. Uh, I'm going to put it to, as Christmas gift <laughs> to some people. Isn't that funny? Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so talk uh, – it's, you know, it's a great chat today about coming out of a narcissistic relationship ships make because yeah. I know some of us have more than one so uh, how did you come across this book and and uh, the author is great uh, too as well so far and I'm enjoying it so tell me what you think and uh, we'll okay. discuss it yeah sounds great Thanks. and thank you for the opportunity to do this so I have been dealing with a narcissistic relationship for a while unfortunately and I was sharing with a really dear friend of mine, you know, what was happening in my life. And she said, Lisa, you've got to get this book called Out of the Fog. And I'm like, Out of the Fog? Okay. Well, it's, FOG is actually an acronym for Fear, Obligation, and Guilt. And the um, author of this book, her name is Dana Morningstar. And her formal background is actually in education, domestic violence awareness, and prevention crisis intervention, trauma response, and psychiatric nursing. So she's been, like, in, unfortunately, a lot of experiences that she shares in this book. And the fact that she put all of this in writing to share with us in the hopes of helping those of us that are in these situations learn how to identify these areas in these situations and to also, you know, find a way to work through them. And I don't know that you ever, you know, get over situations that are life-challenging or maybe life crisis, but it's how we get through them, I think, is what is most important. And, again, I just want to give you a huge, you know, shout-out with helping me through and learning how to work through a situation. So thank you so much for the opportunity to help other people get through these life challenges as well. Oh. You're, listen, you've been amazing and wonderful with me, and, and we're having a, a good time. And I really want to start discussing books, uh, you know, about, you know, about things that are important. So <clears throat> let's, can we give a clear definition of what, we, what a narcissism is? And people go, oh, that's, an, that's me. That's somebody I know. Because more, more, more than likely, a lot of us are involved with narcissistic people. We don't even realize it, mm-hmm. right, because they don't come across right. that way. You know, right. so um, what's your thoughts and about I, that? I, you hit the nail on the head again because I didn't, I never even heard the word narcissist. I really didn't. And the, my friend that told me about this book, she goes, Lisa, it's how to deal with narcissistic behavior. And I'm like, what's that? And she basically explained, look at what you've been dealing with. So um, if, if, I, if I can just quote the back of the book, Basically, it says if you've been manipulated, then odds are you're having a hard time figuring out who has the problem, what is normal, what is problematic, and if your wants, needs, and feelings are valid. Fusion is often caused by what's known as the fog. The disastrous effects of being lost in the fog are confusion, 
crazy-making, people-pleasing, and erosion of boundaries, and the ultimate loss of self. So she erosion of boundaries, wow. Okay, go ahead. Yes, and that's I another agree. thing. I never, I never knew anything about boundaries. I'm like, what do you mean boundary? I mean, how, what, what does that mean and how do you do it? So, and again, going through this book has been very, very helpful. So she proceeds to go on to say, you know, what the definition of fog means and it's fear, obligation, and guilt, and that these three emotions are often at the core of manipulation and are often how narcissists, sociopaths, and other types of emotional manipulators go about controlling their targets. That, to me, was just, whoa. I mean, like, I really had to read that a couple times because it just threw me for a loop, honestly. Um, yeah. So then, then she says, however, this type of destructive manipulation isn't just limited to narcissists and sociopaths. And what makes the well-intended, and this is another thing we'll talk about through the book, what makes well-intended bad advice so damaging is that on the surface, it seems like good advice, especially if it's coming from people who seem to have our best interests in mind, such as friends, family, church members, support group members, spiritual advisors, or therapists. And I know, Tree, that you and I um, had briefly given some examples of the book a couple sessions ago, I think, when we had talked. But this is what was so interesting. I mean, a lot of it is. But, you know, Dana, the author, talks about who are you to judge versus being discerning. And that no one is perfect versus tolerating abuse. And commitment versus codependency, you know, self-love versus selfishness or a person acting the part versus a person actually changing or a friend versus someone being friendly. And this list goes on and on and on. And Dana goes through examples of like so many of these comparisons to help us all understand what it is that we are dealing with in our life. So that's where I am, you know, with helping, hopefully to help others work through this unfortunate journey. That's right, too. Um, You know, I I just put my daughter, she is gone now, but um, we were talking about that, and I do you ever feel like, because at one time I thought my daughter was really narcissistic. Do you think that is uh, a, an age thing? Do you think that's, do you, do you understand? Um, she came out of it, and she got humbled, I think. But this is when she was uh, younger, like uh, around 16, 17. Is that just a teenager, do you feel? Um, do you feel like that, because uh, she, she was very manipulative, and I see that today. So I know I'm going to mm-hmm. get that in questions. What's your thoughts about that? Um, I'm being a little bit of you know, No, 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 and that's great. And, and everything that I have read thus far regarding narcissistic behavior is that those people typically do not change, that they have that, um, and I'm just going to use this word loosely, and this is no author that's saying this, but in my interpretation, it's like they have the entitlement and they have the attitude that, it's them or nobody. Um, It's their way or no way. 
and that they're always the right ones and they're going to make you think that you're the one that's always wrong. And, and to me, that was another, like, red flag. It's like, but I'm not wrong. However, the conversations always made, always made me feel like I was less than, that I didn't know what I was talking about, that I was always wrong, that I misinterpreted right. what was said. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that you're, you're confident with your daughter and that she has grown out of that. So maybe oh, she, she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a good thing, that she hasn't, you know, truly been in that, you know, mental capacity of narcissism. And in her case, it sounds like it was a growth thing that she had, quote, the, you know, attitude that the teenagers, you know, tend to have. I think it's when it's carried on through adulthood. I, I don't know if these people were, will ever recognize what they're doing and what they really are in their life. You know, the being humbled, it sounds like what your daughter has gone through. So she reflected on maybe some of her actions and some of the things that she has said or done and realized that this isn't her and that's not what her values represent. That's just that's my, true. my thoughts. Yeah, that's a great intuitive feeling there and a thought and everything. Um, yeah, and I, I think when we see that, um, we see, you know, because I've been involved, I think, with um, – narcissistic men when I was much younger um, I'm thinking about a relationship now and uh, so let me ask you this um, it, my ex fiance I can't believe uh, you know I'm fine now but to end that relationship was really hard but I remember one of the things that I would do one of the reasons why I ended it was because I flipped the tables uh, or he flipped the tables on me a lot, and I was wrong, and he was right, right? But I knew what I was thinking. I knew what I was saying, and I'm pretty smart. You know, I'm not great at math, but I'm pretty smart, pretty people smart. <laughs> yes, yeah. you are, very much so. Yeah, yeah thank you. But, uh, Sue, so I just, um, I remember thinking to myself, I go, this is so sad. This this guy's really, you know, he would make it my fault and turn it around. I go, what, this is what's really going on. And that's a narcissistic uh uh, when I'm reading in the book, that's a that's a big uh, calling card of narcissism right there. They turn the tables, right? They mm-hmm. manipulate you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and that that was hard. Uh, and I thought to myself, I go, what made me attract this, and how how come I attracted it, so I don't do it again? So um, I put, I know you're a sweetheart. And he's so sweet. I I hope that one day I get a guy like that. But he's not a bit manipulative, and he's a strong, stoic man that stands by you, and you're strong and stoic yourself that stands by him. Uh, So what do you feel is something that would make a woman – because I feel like men and women both suffer with people in their life like this. I I also know that they can be like this. What's your thoughts on that? Because I wanted to get that from you. What do you think? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the um, comparisons that's in the book is who you attract versus who you are attracted to. So mm-hmm. the, okay, wow, that's good. Mm-hmm. And if you have the book, it's on page 71. I got the book, so I'll, I'll, I'll look that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So go into that a little bit because 
Not everybody has the book book on page 71, but they'll get it. No, 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 no. I will definitely go into it. So what I have found in my words um, with this is because a narcissist has the ability to um, put on the show, like you said, they're sweet, they're attractive, they're, um, you know, they're doing everything they can to, quote, win you. Well, it's a game, and you don't know it until you get into it. So once they start revealing even more in-depth characteristics of, you know, selfishness or entitlement or lack of Mm. empathy, you know, when everything becomes them, like a narcissism as the definition says is excessive interest in or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. And then it goes on to say selfishness involving a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, and a need for admiration, and self-centeredness arising from failure to distinguish the self from external objects, either in very young babies or as a feature of mental disorder. And that's a psychoanalysis of narcissism. But the bottom line is a narcissist is all about themselves. They really don't care about anybody else and they'll do everything they can to make you believe that they're the ones that are important. That's true. And like I said, my daughter, mm-hmm. when she was a young young teen, I really thought she she suffered from that. I, when I'm yeah. listening to you, uh, I feel like that it was like a big insecurity about posturing, maybe. You know, she grew out of it, but, you know, she got humbled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, get, I grounded her for, like, a long time. <laughs> How long yep. am I going to be grounded? I get it. Until I see a change, right? You remember how that goes. So, and, right, um, exactly. But they say that you can't be cured from this. Do you believe that? Um, you know, my faith tells me, yes, they can be healed from it. Okay. Um because I, I don't want to feel like I'm giving up hope. You know, I'm trying really hard to, you know, let this journey ride itself out. And I guess for me and for anyone who's in a narcissistic relationship or has been in a narcissistic relationship, what we have to do for ourselves is realize who we are and to not allow that entitlement of a character overrule our values and our foundation. And that's been a really, really hard thing for me to work through, But which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have conversation about this book, because I think the um, content is very helpful in day-to-day relationships but it obviously focuses on the narcissistic relationship, and you don't right. really know that you're you don't really know that you're in it until you start seeing repeated behavior. Like when you con- consistently start seeing this person, like I said, give you, you know, um, or say things to you or do things that are um, making you feel like you're less than. Okay, that's true. I and, got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like you were asking me about why do I feel like I'm attracted to this type of personality? 
versus who's attracted to you. And, and based on, you know, some of the examples that are in this book, you know, there's interviews with people that are basically saying, you know, I had to get to a point where I took my power back. And the power meaning I'm no longer codependent. So codependency right. means that you're basically, I, I don't want to use the word enabling, but you're, you're going along with this person because you don't want to have any problems. Like you're accepting their behavior because you don't want the fight or you're accepting their actions because you don't want the beating or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, it's about boundaries, which is very hard because I'm, I'm very much a people person. Like I know no stranger, but in these particular types of situations and relationships, you know, you get to a point where it's like you're walking on eggshells just to keep some peace. And, again, it's going back to, I hate to say allowing, but you are allowing these people to, like, rule you and run your life because you're afraid of, like, the consequences. Like, if you, if you don't constantly compliment them, they're going to, you know, maybe say something to you like, well, don't you think I'm pretty? And why don't you like my outfit? And aren't I attractive? And, you know, don't you like the way I style my hair? Or, you know, whatever the, the example might be. And it's... Right. It's... I guess I want you point, to... Right? No, go ahead. No, 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 please. Because you, you were on a good train of thought there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please, please continue. No, no, no. I, I was just, you know, giving an additional example of if you're not constantly stroking somebody's ego because they're the narcissist, then they're going to basically say, well, don't you appreciate that I, you know, wear that three-piece suit and go into the bank every day or, you know, I make the money for this household or I bring home the bacon and I'm the one that goes out and I'm the one that does the grocery shopping and I'm the one that does this and, you know, why aren't you more appreciative? Like it's never enough for them. You're never doing enough for this person. No, you're right. And and uh, I get that, too, as well. So my, my thought about that is that um, I'm looking at, do they use sex? Because I know, I know the answer to that, but I know that people are going to wonder. Um, see, I see, I see a lot of men that do it differently, or maybe not, okay, but because the industry that I'm working in and, you know, you're working in with me, um, or we're doing it together is probably the best, better way to say it. Uh, I, I am thinking of a woman now, and, you know, she wants a guy to call her. She wants to be told she's the prettiest. And, I mean, it just mm-hmm. wants that, you know, I was like, wow, that's a, that's a big duty right there. That's a, that's a whole full-time job there. And, um, yeah, and it's just – and she's trying to do the same thing to her daughter. Uh, so – is that something that is that inherited? Can you pass it down? Um, is that a learned behavior? I know people are going to wonder that, and I want to talk about that more next week. But right now, what do you think? Do you, do you feel that? Uh, you and know, she, she uses she uses her body to to get sex, to give sex. Yeah, yeah, sad, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is sad 
um, and I think it goes back to, you know, maybe experiences that she had in her past that yeah. she felt if she didn't, you know, exploit herself per se, then nobody would love her. So, right. You know, she had she had to give herself, you know, up to these men for sex, and she had to wear these clothes to attract men, and she had to, you know, say certain things or wear certain makeup or certain jewelry or fix her hair a certain way because she felt like if she didn't, then nobody would love her. And that goes back to, unfortunately, it's sounding like she has been in multiple narcissistic relationships because she was always told she wasn't enough and that she needed to, you know, yeah, which is, it's, it's so hard to find that self-worth when you've pretty much been mentally beaten for so long. And until she, and thank God she reached out to you. I mean, I know that you're going to help her through this journey, but, you know, until she can reflect on her self-worth and decide that I don't need to sell my body to get somebody to love me, she's unfortunately going to have to go through a really, tough road of recovery. That is very true. And um, I, I I tell you, for me, sometimes it can, you know, things wash off my back. I don't even realize it, uh, you know, and I, I have a huge heart. But, and the God and the angels talked to me, you know, the angels talked to me, but I was like, the other day I was like, well, I'm so cute. And he told me I'm so cute. I was like, huh. I, you know, and I was thinking to myself, uh, that's a little harsh to, to say that in front of another girl, right, or woman. You don't want to put somebody else mm-hmm. down to build themselves out. Uh, and uh, I see this a lot. So, but you're you're saying, and I'm I'm reading about it too, that this is a learned behavior. It's not genetic, right? I don't think it is. Do you think it's genetic? You know, I'm not anywhere close to being a professional in this area whatsoever. I'm just sharing my own personal experience and, um, you know, resources that have helped me through it. We should be. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. So, you know, I just, right. So I, I, I don't want to make any kind of statement, you know, regarding that particular concept. I, I just would encourage our listeners that if they feel that they are in a narcissistic relationship, to really seriously get this book, reach out to, you know, narcissistic podcasts, you know, podcasts regarding how to handle narcissism and, you know, other resources that are out there because I'm telling you, they have helped me tremendously in dealing with this. So um, it, it, it basically comes down to manipulation is what it is. A narcissist will manipulate you because they need to to benefit from knowing that they have somebody that basically worships the ground they walk on, you know, and there's, there's something to be said for, you know, complimenting each other in a relationship, but when it's completely one sided, then that's when you really need to start reflecting on it. And when it continuously happens like over and over and over again, that's a huge red flag huge red flag. I'm going to agree with you on that too as well. And and when I'm looking, I'm just looking at something right now and uh uh they're talking that the um 
that this actually to to be diagnosed as a narcissist narcissist I guess is what we say it um, you know it has to be doctor a professional has to do that and uh, I can see yeah. how that would be that way um, the other thing is is I, I think a lot um, I think a lot of people um, wonder they've lived with this behavior for so long with different Mm-hmm. With maybe their children and their family. Um, like I said, my daughter, she, I, you know, I said I, she's posturing. I think she's trying to, to, you know, this is years ago. She's older now, and and is uh, uh, so, you know, does a lot of good stuff now. But I think to make herself look better and feel better because she was struggling with certain things. That's that was her deal. And I know your own son, um, he's. He there's a he's loving to to people. Do you think this is something that uh, he could grow out of in your in your uh, mom opinion? Oh gosh, Tree. You know, again, yeah, I, right? I have to rely I have to rely on my faith here. I really do because as a mom, it's just very hurtful to know that I have a son that has been this way to me. Um, more than I even realized it. Um, I, I pray for him every day. As I pray for anybody who is in this type of situation, I, I do hope and pray that he does get humbled. I hope and pray that he can reflect on the actions and the words that have been said these past few years. I love him so much. I, he's my child. I will always, always love him. I will always be there for him if he needs me. Um, what I'm learning through all of this, though, is that I have to have my boundaries. And right. as hard as sure. that was for me, I, I had to set. I had to set the boundaries. And I, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail with all that, but you have to know when to say when. And that's a tough road to get to. You know, when you're, yeah. when, you're, when you're looking at yourself saying, okay, I must have misunderstood what he was saying to me. Or maybe I didn't hear that right. Or gosh, maybe I didn't share, I didn't say it right to him. Um, and, and these are just examples, again, that are in the book. You know, maybe I'm imagining right, it. Right, right. Maybe I'm the one that's being needy and I would like to talk to him more. Or maybe I'm jealous that he doesn't talk to me as much because he's got a fiancé in his life now. You know, these are things that we as being the abused, per se, in a narcissistic relationship start sure. saying to ourselves. And that's, that's a hard thing to get through. I hear you. And when you live... When you when you live in a relationship like that for an extended period of time, you think that this is normal. You know, well, I'm always the wrong one. He's always right. Or, right. you know, reverse the sex. You know, she's always wrong and he's always whatever, you know. And, and when you live like that for an extended period of time, you start thinking that this is the way a normal relationship is when it's not. Right. No, I agree, and um, and I respect that too as well. As I said, I, you know, I've I've had people in my life, and I always uh, I wonder if um, 
being manipulative because my my ex uh, would turn things around on me and I I'm pretty I'm a straight shooter and uh, I'll never forget I go why are you doing that and I know he's trying to protect his son who was absolutely some of the uh, behaviors and I didn't even realize it right and um, until you get in there and you're living with someone um, but I've learned a lot and I think I swear I just I'm putting it on my list you know and I'd like to talk more about this book next week uh, because there's some other stuff in there, but I would love to uh, make sure that I put that on my list because I don't know. I mean, I'm looking back, and it's like, um, has that been a way of life for a lot of people that I've known? It, you know, and I look at myself, I'm like, no, I said I struggle with my, my self-worth sometimes. <laughs> I don't think a narcissistic does that. Narcissism is about mm-hmm. that, but what do I know? I'm learning like you. Um, oh, we're all learning, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, that kind of thing. And I know my my kid's a good kid. She just, uh, she got a, you know, does some volunteer work now because I told her she had to do it. And so she, that's she was great. Younger. Yeah, but I made her do that's it. That's great. And when she was younger, yeah, I said you can do that. I run around the house ten times. I'll go do the volunteer. Yeah. Work. Great. <laughs> sure, sure. No, yeah, I got it. I I totally understand. And you know, um, I know we're getting close to our time being up here, but, you know, I, I just really want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, you and your daughter have worked through some issues, and it's fabulous to know and to hear that she, again, has self-reflected and made changes in her life for the better. For me, oh, yeah. thank God I have two boys, and I was questioning myself as a mother, you know, at one point, and I'm like, no, I can't do that because I've got a son over here who is the most empathetic, most sensitive, most loving, most caring, most respectful, appreciative young man I could have ever asked for. So I know I did a lot of things right. Oh, yeah. And that's you did. how you got- I just want to share. Yeah. You're a good mom. You're a good grandma, too. So uh, he, how old is your little grandson now? He's, he's a cutie, by the way. He's 16 months. Yes, he's so sweet. I just love him so much. Do you guys, what's the cutest thing he's done today? If you can think of it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He does so many cute things. Um, He's got got a slide bottom, a little slide, like a little plastic slide for, you know, one-year-olds. And he's Uh mastered now getting up on the ladder by himself and sitting at the top by himself. And as soon as he gets up there, he gets like that little cheese face, like, you know, when you say cheese and you smile and you squint your eyes, he'll sit at the top of the slide and he's like, I say, Asher, good for you. You made it to the top. And he gets this biggie, big old smile and cheesy eyes. It's so cute. <laughs> I love that. I love hearing about your, your grandson. Anyway, he's a cutie. And then he helps you clean the bathroom. Like he, he brought, he brings his little towel and cleans right behind you, right? So <laughs> Oh, he did, and he did that today. He helped me mop the kitchen floor. He has a mop. I have a mop. He helped me mop the kitchen floor. It was so cute, so cute. I told my daughter, I said, I want you to have children one day. Well, I could do that right away. I go, no, you need to meet a guy and fall in love and get married. Yeah, and and, uh, she goes, what are you going to give for a dowry? You? (laughs) We were laughing about that. We teach, you know, she's oh, fun. You would love that's her. That's great. I'm so glad you got to spend time with her this weekend. And, and happy belated birthday to your daughter. Oh, thank you so much. You're wonderful and amazing. 
And uh, I will talk to you later. Have a wonderful day, and thanks for all those who are listening now. Um, you know, you got you got some good stuff there, Lisa. Thank you. This is a great book. I'd like to talk a little bit more about it because there's a couple things I want to bring up. But um, those are sure. you're very you're very well explaining the things we talked about. And thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you. All right, my dear. Uh, we'll see you later, and we'll have a great day. Okay. Blessings, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Bye-bye. Bye.